بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد المبارك صلى الله عليه وسلم organized his ibadat in a very structured way whatever he did he did for a reason it was never sporadic so usually in witr he would recite surah tasbih bismi rabbikal ala in the first rakat surah kafirun in the second surah ikhlas in the third but in ramadan you hear most people reciting Surah Qadr in the first rakat instead of Sabbih Isma Rabbika Al-Ala Surah Kafirun in the second and Surah Ikhlas in the third so we must understand what is the uh, hidden purpose of these three surahs are especially in Witr after Taraweeh 20 rakats and you have uh, a long recitation of the Quran in Witr you have these three surahs usually now we tend to mix it up so that no one assumes you have to read these three otherwise uh, had we been the way we should be we would be doing all these three every night <laughs> but because we have PR issues in the Ummah and the Ummah is no longer strong we have to accommodate the weak and the feeble in the Ummah so we mix and match sometimes in our Witr mm. otherwise we would stay on course to read these three surahs so what is as I mentioned the purpose or perhaps a hidden hikmah if there is one behind these three surahs especially in Witr mm. so first of all you ask the question and then hopefully inshallah Allah will guide you towards an answer so since it is Ramadan reading Surah Al-Qadr is obvious Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in this surah inna anzalnahu fi laylatul qadr that this Quran is revealed in Laylatul Qadr and since every night we should be looking for Laylatul Qadr we want to recite this surah in Witr which is the last uh, the last salat of the night the Prophet would offer Witr after Tahajjud outside of Ramadan but in Ramadan what we do is we offer Witr after Taraweeh so in Ramadan the schedule changes as everything else changes your food and drink and sleep schedule changes so this also changes in line with everything else and change is always good if it's through Wahi and if it's through the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu so you do Witr after Taraweeh if you are in Jama'ah and if you're not, then you do it yourself afterwards, after Hajjud. Yeah. Anyway, to Surah Al-Qadr, 
has this uh, tremendous affiliation with the Qur'an. It is the Qur'an, and the Qur'an is revealed in this night, and it is to indicate that Muslims should be well aware that their purpose of Ramadan, their purpose of fasting, their purpose of Taraweeh, is to look for Laylatul Qadr, and that's one of the many reasons why we recite Surah Al-Qadr in the first rakat of Witr. Then comes the second rakat. In the second rakat, we have Surah Kafiru. Mm. Yeah, so now you have to create a link between Surah Qadr and Surah Kafiru in Salat. Not in the order of recitation, but in Salat. It is an order of recitation where you link each surah to the previous one to one after it. That's a different link. This is a link in Salat. Um, so Surah Al-Qadr represents Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's word, the Qur'an, and it represents the universal guidance of Allah to mankind in one night. That guidance is in terms of primarily ibadah. And when Muslims go out into the world, then they must represent the ibadah of the Prophet Muhammad So we recite Surah Kafirun in the second rakat to show that we don't worship the way others worship. Qul Kafirun is an announcement that there is a group of people in the world called Kafirun. Right? For those who say, there are no kuffar in the world. Well, this surah seems to say very much the opposite. There is a significant group of people on the planet who are ayyuhal kafirun. So in Salat, we declare in front of Allah, we acknowledge they are kafirun. Non-believers. Why are they non-believers? La abudu ma because I don't worship what you worship. The kufr is in the ibadah, which is at the end of the surah, Lakum Deenakum Waliyadeen. That I have my deen, religion, way of worship, and you have your deen, your religion, way of worship. So the Quran is universal in Surah Al Qadr, but ibadah is specific to the ummah of Muhammad. So we declare, Qul, we announce. In Salat, as we announce outside of Salat, but in Salat, in front of Allah, we acknowledge and we devote ourselves to the worship of Muhammad so that Allah also knows and He bears witness as we are reciting and listening Salat that we are separate from those who don't worship the way Muhammad worships. This separation is what is Islam. If you don't make this separation, then there's something wrong with you. You're either a disturbed person or you should visit a shrink. That's not the way Muslims think. And we don't classify others as Muslims simply because they are good people. They may be wonderful people. But the point here is that how do they worship God? So Allah tells the Prophet tell people, I worship not the way you worship. Nor do you worship the way I worship. You don't worship what I worship. 
is all is all ibadah. Is all in worship. And since Ramadan is a month of ibadah, the Quran is an act of ibadah. Tarawih is ibadah. Witr is ibadah. We want to acknowledge in front of Allah that we appreciate this ni'mah of worshiping you the way the Prophet Muhammad worships. So hence, in the second rakat of Witr, we declare this and we recite this surah frequently to tell ourselves that in salat, this is you have to confess to Allah, right? We don't have priests, but we do have God. You don't have to confess your sins to a priest, but you do have to confess to Allah. Is that right? So when you commit a sin, you have to say to Allah, Allah forgive me, I have committed a sin. You don't say that to a human being, you say it to Allah directly. So we do have to confess to our mistakes and our blunders and our sins and everything else. And we do it in Salat in the second rakat of Witr and say, Qul. Announce and declare. Now we're doing this in Salat. So Allah is in conversation with us. Because Salat is a conversation with Allah. When we're in Salat, we cannot be distracted even physically from anything that goes against Salat. Like movement. You move too much in Salat, your Salat breaks. Why? Because we are in conversation with Allah. And you have to believe you are in conversation with Allah. It's not just lip service. Oh, you read the hadith. That the Prophet ﷺ said that uh, the salat has been distributed between me and my servant. When my servant says, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, I say, my servant has praised me until the end of the hadith. So this is a dialogue. The servant says, Allah responds. The servant says, Allah responds. This is called a dialogue. This is called a conversation. It happens every time you're in salat, whether you know it or not. So now the idea is to make sure you know it, you feel it, and you enhance your salah by assuming Allah is in conversation with you. And when you declare something in salat, you are either acknowledging or you are confessing. And in Surah Kafirun we do both. We acknowledge and we confess that we must not fool ourselves into thinking that there's another way to God except Muhammad Sallallahu way. There's no way to Allah except the way of Muhammad Sallallahu This is what we confess. We say, Ayyuhal Kafirun. That is our confession in front of Allah. So we must learn how to confess our sins in front of Allah outside of Salat. And we must learn how to recite the Qur'an as an acknowledgement and as a declaration of faith and as a shahada and as a confession in Salat also. So in the second rakat, we tell people the Qur'an is universal. In the first rakat, it comes down Laylatul Qadr. We're looking for Laylatul Qadr. In the second rakat, we say as Muslims, we follow the worship of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and in the third rakat, you have Surah Al-Ikhlas, which is all about Tawheed. It's all about the oneness of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's eternal independence from us, and our eternal dependence on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we again acknowledge our gratitude 
and we acknowledge our inability to worship Allah. Qul hu Allahu Ahad. Allah Samad. And we say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Lam yalid wa lam yulid. We say this to Allah. When we're reciting, we're speaking with Allah, and Allah is listening. So we are saying to Allah, there's no one like you. We're saying to Allah that you are not someone that is conceived, nor have you conceived yourself. And we are saying to Allah that you are totally independent, and we are totally dependent on you, and you are alone. You are one. Acknowledging the uniqueness of Allah is the essence of our deen. It is the foundation and the pillar of our deen, both. It is what makes Islam so great and so beautiful that we do not bow down in front of anyone except the one who has no equal, no partner. We don't fear anyone except Allah. We don't put our trust in anyone except Allah. We don't ask anyone except Allah. And we don't petition anyone except Allah. This is what we do in Surah Al-Ikhlas. So when we now understand one or two of the reasonings why these three surahs are recited and why they're chosen, then you must understand Witr. You must understand what? Witr. When do we recite these three surahs? In which package? In the Witr package. What is the Witr package? Every Salat is an official presentation in front of Allah. Every Salat. Whether you do it at home or you do it in Jama'ah. In the Masjid or in the, 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 the Jama'ah, it is an official representation of the Ummah in front of Allah. With the Imam. So the Imam is now the representative. He is offering his salat and everybody behind him is following him. This is the official presentation and representation of the ummah in front of Allah five times a day. Five times a day. And in Ramadan we add one more. Witr we usually do alone outside of Ramadan. We don't do witr in Jamaat except in Ramadan. It's not allowed. In Ramadan, we do it in Jamaat. Why? Because Ramadan is a month of community unity. The unity of the Ummah comes together in the month of Ramadan. And as an Ummah, we want to represent ourselves in front of Allah as one whole unique community. And that is why we are allowed to do Witr in congregation in Ramadan because Ramadan is special. Mm. Witr actually means odd. Mm. Yeah. It means odd mm. as opposed to even. You have odd and you have even. Witr is odd. Why? Because we have three rakats in Witr. So it's an odd number. So we call it Witr. So here we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his fadl and through the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa has allowed this ummah to represent him not five times in Ramadan but six. The sunnah of Tarawih in between is a bonus. I'll be talking about the Hanafi perspective, right? 
If you're not Hanafi, then I'm not talking to you. The witr for the Hanafis is wajib. What is it? Meaning you have to do it. If you miss it, you have to make qada of it. That's Hanafi madhab. Right. Sunnah is something that if you miss, you don't make qada. You don't make it up. You can do if you want. It's optional. But witr is not optional. Witr for the Hanafis, it is an obligation. And if you miss witr for any reason, you have to make it up qada. So if you miss witr throughout your life, you have to make it up with the other five. That is the Hanafi madhab. So you have now five salat which is fard, the bishah fard, one salat which is wajib, and in between you have the sunnah. So you have this order that the sunnah of taraweeh is sandwiched between the fard of isha and the witr. That's how it becomes a package. Right? This how it becomes, it's, it's the seal of taraweeh. That taraweeh is sealed by the witr. And witr must be odd. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is odd and he loves odd numbers. You do things in odds. As we know, that's the Islamic way. Inna Allah, witran yuhubbul witr. Allah loves odd. So we do witr as three requests as an odd number to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that there can be no amount of number that becomes even with you. Right? Even with you. The odd number means Allah is always now the one that is going to be separated from everything. Allah is alone. Allah ahad. We have to leave him as Ahad. So we see that the, the uh, ulama of Islam, when they discuss these issues of why the Prophet ﷺ did what he did, they ask the question first, why did he do this? Hmm. Is a sunnah of the Sahaba to understand why he did what he did? Hmm. Some people might assume the Sahaba were robots. They did what they were told to. That's not the case. That's not what we read in the Sunnah. We read in the Sunnah they were very thoughtful. They are very perceptive. They are very understanding. And they probed and they asked. And they got to the core of the issue. And they understood the hikam and the marvels of the Sunnah. And why the Prophet ﷺ did what he did. And then they coined their phrases like the Prophet ﷺ coined his phrases in very unique terms. So they came to the depths of knowledge. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the Quran to the Prophet ﷺ. And gave the understanding of Islam to the Sahaba. This is so now, witr is three rakats, and in Ramadan we recite witr with Surah Al-Qadr in the first rakat, and Surah Al-Kafirun in the second rakat, and Surah Al-Ikhlas in the third rakat, because we are officially representing the Ummah in Ramadan. Every Jamaat that is in witr is an official representation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uniqueness and oneness in Ramadan and that is from where you get the barakah of the ummah but it's all in the understanding of the Prophet sallallahu why he chose to do things the way he did and once you develop that understanding you will see that there is no there is no life without Islam there's no understanding without Islam. There's no intellectualization without Islam. 
Without Islam, unfortunately, human beings, uh, they remain fools. Right? Islam is what gives you intelligence. By definition, a Muslim is intelligent. So you should behave intelligently. So now, when we go out into the world and we understand that this is so cohesive and so coherent and so glued together in such a way that is seamless. It is seamless. Everything that the Prophet ﷺ did was seamless and so natural and uh, his ways were so, so penetrating to the Sahaba that they carried this deen to other people and they understood Islam and that is how they were able to combat not people physically and militarily, which they did also, but also intellectually. Mm. So when you read some of the stories of the Sahaba and the Tabi'een, how they debated with the non-Muslims, how they debated with the Jews and how they debated with the Christians, you'll be surprised. So where did they get that knowledge from? A group of Sahaba, were, 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 they were with Abdullah ibn Abbas out somewhere uh, in the north, outside of Arabia. And uh, a group of people were there, and there was a whole gathering of uh, Muslims there. And Abdullah ibn Abbas started to give the tafsir of Ali Imran. The people who were present there said, had the Christians of that region heard him, they would have all converted. You understand? But where did he get this knowledge from? So he didn't have books, he didn't have internet. Yeah, they didn't have books. How, where did they get the knowledge from? Yeah. So that knowledge came from the Suhbah, the company of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, where they trained and they understood, they disciplined themselves, they thought and they thought and they thought. It is intellectual enterprise. Yeah. This is how Muslims were, that they prided themselves on knowing why Islam is so consistent. Yeah. Nowadays, unfortunately, uh, we bend over backwards to prove that Islam is a religion. That's what we're doing now. It's not even damage control. It's quite pathetic. We're trying to prove to Muslims that Islam is a religion. Over the dinner table, at fundraising dinners, where they're supposed to fundraise for the masjid. Yeah. So now, we have to revive the tradition of intellectual glory. That every Muslim must strive to understand the consistency in Islam so that his Islam is with basira, is with understanding, and is with pride and joy, and is with happiness. Alhamdulillah, I know why this is this way, and it is Allah's ni'mah that I know this this way. Once you have this in your mind, that I want to understand Islam this way, then you'll be on your way to learning. You'll be in the quest. You'll be, inshallah, coming to Dar Qasim. Inshallah. No? I hear very, very weak, inshallah. You're not dead. You're you broken your fast. I need that louder, inshallah. Inshallah. Yeah, even that's not good enough. 
Alhamdulillah. Anyway, we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us all. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to follow the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu in everything we do, in everything we think, and everything we perceive, and everything we understand. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayr khalqi. Muhammadin wa alihi wa ashabi ajma'in. Bi rahmatik ya 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 rahmatik 